All views expressed on this program are opinion. They do not represent Satori Mortgage, NMLS, 4190, or any affiliate. Please consult with a licensed loan officer before making any home financial decisions. Mortgage Talk Show. I'm your host, Steve Conklin, sitting here with Jake Duraff. How's it going, Jake? Good. How are you doing, Steve? Good. As always, we are from Satori Mortgage. And let's start with the mortgage buzz. All right. Our first article here is from Market Watch, and it's uh, Want to Buy a Home? You May Want to Wait. And it's talking about how economists predict the buyer's market will soon return. All right. Well, we always hear the doom and gloom, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I, for one, I like to buy, buy cheap stocks and so I read occasionally the the uh, you know the headlines for the market and stuff, and it sounds like I'm hearing more and more chatter about how the uh, the robust housing boom and uh, robust stock market might come to an end eventually. Um, you know, I think with economics, it probably all right. What goes up comes down. Cyclical, definitely. Yeah. Yep, and we're definitely been going up for quite a while on on these. You know, so I guess it wouldn't surprise me. I, I think you know we were when we were looking at this article to, to talk about it, I, I was a little bit surprised that, you know, they said maybe 2019 for the Midwest. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I haven't been hearing that one until this really. It was a lot of, I saw a lot of 2020 predictions. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, and obviously they said the rest is a 2020. So I was, yeah, I was kind of surprised about that. I think, like they say, you know, real estate's all about location. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think obviously there's better markets than, you know, there's certain places that are better markets and there's other places that are probably get affected, you know, by whatever type of economy downturn there is. I know Minneapolis, for one, we actually have a very, very low, low unemployment rate, which mm-hmm. is kind of an outlier in the country um, because we have so many, you know, we have so many big companies here per our size that, you know, I, I think we're at like 4% or something. So yeah, I definitely, um, you know, as what I, I see kind of on local side for Minneapolis is I think maybe building um, might be catching up. Um, I know there was just a huge housing shortage. Mm-hmm. I know we still, you know, there's still, I, Pat Dallas here we were talking about, I think there was like seven homes listed in Richfield or something under 300,000. Um, so maybe, you know, maybe they're starting to be, you know, people are starting to find homes to move. I know I've, I've had a couple, couple files lately where people, the sellers can't find a house. Mm-hmm. So they, you know, so they, they pushing closings back and stuff because they just, they can't find a house. So maybe, yeah, you know, yeah. maybe everything will, will work out. Hopefully it's not too bad of a session. Hopefully, <laughs> you know, hopefully it's, it's mild. Um, and you know, gains will stay at the 3% yeah, and rather than 6%. You know, speaking about changing markets and stuff like that in the Minnesota market, uh, we're getting close. We're getting into fall here with this beautiful weather and then it's winter and we'll see how this winter goes for the housing market too. Absolutely. You know, we've always, it's Tori, we've always been really busy in the winter. Um, so it's, it's, it's a lot different. You know, I guess also we, you know, put in a mix of refis as well. But, you know, I've told quite a few people, um, I actually had somebody in my ho- uh, office yesterday that they lost their home due to black mold. Um, and they're just, they're going to wait till winter and mm-hmm. see how it works. Yep. Can be a different market. Uh, we'll just see what happens. Mm-hmm. It'll be interesting. All right. What, what do we got next? All right. We got an article from the Wall Street Journal titled, The New Mortgage Kings, They're Not Banks. Yeah. I. I this is very interesting. 
Um, I think the definitely millennial generation, but I, I think in the past five five years, maybe it's even been longer. I, I don't know anymore, but um, I've seen the decline of the banks. Right, mm-hmm. like the, you used to have to go, and you might not even have done this because you're a lot younger than I am. But you used to have to go get, get your paycheck, go sit in the bank lobby, cash your paycheck, or go to drive up teller and you know go get write checks and mm-hmm. use the bank a lot more than you do now. Now it's kind of, you know, I, between, apps, yeah, between yeah. apps and stuff, you mm-hmm. know, you probably don't even see a paycheck. I, I you know, yep. I, it's, so I, I'm not surprised, um, that, you know, they, they quoted what 52% of us market originations. I'm uh, not, yeah, are, are now non-banks yeah, I'm, versus 9% just in 2009. You know, and I'm not surprised because the the one thing that they've always had over somebody like ourselves is that they always had a lobby. I called it. Mm-hmm. You could always walk in there, get a cup of coffee, sit down, and talk to somebody because yep. you're cashing your check or you keep your money there, and you always felt safe. Well, the fact that you know I've seen people using American Express for savings accounts now, and and people are using other creative, you know, there's just a whole lot of other tools and options on the market rather than you know the bigger banks. That that does not surprise me. Mm-hmm. Because again, you know, the non banks are actually probably a better resource for home loans. Mm-hmm. You know, generally they offer that's their specialty, so they're they're really good at it. Yep. They offer the most diverse programs and the rates are good. Yep, and a lot of times they don't have all those branch locations that eat up so much money like some of the big banks have. Like it costs a lot of money to sustain one of those big branches. Absolutely. You know, somebody has to pay the light bill. Mm-hmm. Um Let's yep. see, but it's still, you know, Wells Fargo and JP, I mean, they're still up there. Yep, yeah, of, of the list two. here, there's, uh looks like we're at one, two, three, four, five, six, seven of the top 11 uh, lenders are non-bank. And just, just the non-bank means that they don't hold deposits. Mm-hmm. That's it. So, you know, obviously Quicken Loans and Loan Depot, they make other type of loans to people. It's not just mortgages, but they technically don't hold deposits. Mm-hmm. And so that that's why they're non-bank. So they're still big lenders and big companies that are, are very diverse and, you know, but yeah, it's, it, I think the trend is just going to keep going up and up. Yep. Um, and obviously as currencies and society changes, it's, it's going to be, uh, in five years, it's going to look a lot different than it does today. Yep. No, was, for the longest time, the idea was, you know, I, I'm going to go into the bank. I'm going to go talk to somebody about my mortgage through advertising and just things available to you. That mindset has completely shifted. Mm-hmm. Yep. And it's still, again, it's about everybody has their own needs and there's nothing wrong. We get every day we have people coming into our office, looking us in the eyes and, and shaking our hands. And I, there's nothing wrong with that, um, you know, but eventually, you know, a lot of 80% of probably people, they they talk through email and phone and, you yep. know, we never meet in person. Mm-hmm. Yep. A lot of that, definitely. All right. So our uh, next one here uh, is from uh, NBC, CNBC Personal Finance. And it's, should you roll your student loans into a mortgage? All right. So we pulled this article out because student loans is kind of a hot topic. Mm-hmm. Um, people buying their first home, especially first time home. Um, also, too, you know, a lot of people go back to college, um, you know, at, later on in life or whatever. Generally, the biggest debt some people have is student loans. Mm-hmm. Especially um, before you buy that house. Yeah, so absolutely. It can be a huge debt for you. And, you know, in, in this article, they point out that there there's a few risks to using your house as a piggy bank, 
mm-hmm. I mean, with paying off any type of debt. Um, you know, they, they say that the average fixed rate is a little bit lower than a subsidized student loan. Um, you know, student loans are do have to be paid off. You can't you can't discharge them through a bankruptcy. Yep. Different um, than all those other ones, definitely. You know, you are you are definitely putting um, you know more more. I guess you're running up your equity. You're using your equity to pay off student loans. They're both tax. They both have tax incentives. Mm-hmm. Um, I you know it it really talks about you know it's you gotta everybody's different. Um, you know, obviously it depends on how much debt you have, you know, what you do. You know, I know some people that, you know, work in certain fields after 15 years, their, their loans are forgiven. Mm-hmm. I mean, anything like that, I, I think it would not be that smartest idea, but, you know, generally student loans aren't something that I always recommend for people to refinance into because generally the cash, you know, they're usually amortized over 30 years as well. Mm-hmm. So they're very close to a mortgage. Um, you know, and I, you know, like I said, it comes with some risk, but you know, yep. if it's for some people, it's for some people. And a lot of times it's, you know, that's one of the bills they're consolidating is their student loans. They also are looking into some credit cards and stuff like that. So it makes more sense. Or if you had to take out a bunch of unsubsidized loans, then it makes, makes Mm -hmm. more sense a lot of the times. Yeah. And, you know, if you do have student loans and, you know, you are applying for mortgages, you know, different types of mortgages have different types of, of rules on student Mm -hmm. loans as well. Um, You know, I know Freddie Mac just came out with something where they lowered their, you know, their calculation of student loans into the payment, which, you know, that helps, helps people qualify for more houses. Um, you know, and also, cause generally, like you said, generally student loan payment is very manageable. Um, and also it mentions in this article too, about deferment. Mm-hmm. You can't defer, obviously if it's wrapped in your, mor- you can't defer mortgage. Yeah. Um, that's unless I guess your VA, some VA loans do that, but <laughs> generally you got to pay your mortgage. Um, <laughs> But yeah, it's, you know, like I say, what we say, get a plan. Get a plan. Everybody's different. Talk to some people. Um, talk to a loan officer and, you know, see if it's the right thing for you. Well, I hear the music. Again, break Stephen Jay. <laughs> see you after the break. This is Chad, owner of AM950, here to tell you about Snap Construction. They're experts in roofing, siding, window, and insurance restoration. They have energy-efficient products available for both residential and commercial properties. This spring, when we needed a company to take a look at a problem with our roof, I called the company I knew I could trust, Snap Construction. I've known Ryan, the owner at Snap Construction, for years, so I knew I could trust him. Don't just take my word for it. Check out their reviews online. They are arguably the most well-reviewed exterior contractor online in the metro area. Over the years, Ryan has always said the same thing to me about his work. If we build it, shouldn't we be held accountable for the work indefinitely? He backed that statement up years ago when Snap Construction was a pioneer in offering a lifetime craftsmanship guarantee on all their work. For a free estimate or general questions, call the locally owned company AM950 Trusts Snap Construction at 612-333-SNAP. That's 612-333-SNAP or find them online at snapconstruction.com. They have financing options available. 
Burger Moe's gorgeous patio is open for the season. Enjoy nightly happy hours, more than 60 beers on tap, and the weather while you watch your favorite game on the outdoor screen. And don't miss live music Thursdays, Fridays, and Saturdays. Offering 20 fresh, never-frozen burger varieties, Burger Moe's also offers delicious appetizers, soups, salads, as well as unburgers, dogs, paninis, shakes, and desserts. Burger Moe's is located at 242 West 7th Street in St. Paul with plenty of free parking and online at BurgerMoe's.com. With all the convenient big box stores that sell appliances, why do so many Minnesotans choose Warner Stellion? Check online to learn that Warner Stellion is a Minnesota family-owned business for over 60 years. Warner Stellion sells more brands than anyone else, and our passionate specialists are committed to impressing you so much that you'll refer us to everyone you know. That's our mission here at Warner Stellion. Ask around, check us out online, and when it's your time to buy appliances, join over 300,000 Minnesota homeowners and choose the specialists. Warner Stellion. Lots of good things come in threes, like three-pointers, a triple-scoop ice cream cone, and standard heating and air conditioning's triple-saving sale. Just install a new furnace and AC this September, and you'll triple your savings to the tune of $2,700. That's right. Get rebates and other discounts for a total of $2,700 in savings. Learn more about Standard's triple-saving sale at standardheatingdeals.com. That's standardheatingdeals.com. Standard heating and air conditioning, the comfort you deserve. Seward Co-op, serving the community for nearly 45 years, invites you to shop their two convenient locations, both offering the strong commitment to local producers and healthy foods you've come to expect. Seward focuses on locally grown and raised products, fair trade, and environmental sustainability. Shop their selection of meats, artisan cheeses, and house-made baked goods. Find Seward at 2823 East Franklin Avenue or the Friendship Store on 38th Street and 3rd Avenue in Minneapolis. More at seward.coo. Welcome back to the Mortgage Sock Show. I'm your host, Steve Conklin, sitting here with Jake Duroff. How's your break? Short. Yeah, <laughs> that's good. Pleasant. Pleasant. Yes. Restful. Well, as always, we have questions from clients, realtors, and ourselves. All right. Our uh, first question here is from a loan officer, Anthony. How do I calculate student loans into your mortgage? And this goes back to our first segment talking about student loans. Yeah, absolutely. So we're just going to touch on the surface. Um, you know, they, if if you really need to know, there's there's a lot of resources out there. But the best resource, obviously, is to, to ask somebody at Satori Mortgage. Steve's brain. Yeah. Um, so it's it's different per loan. Um, just real quick, you know, on a VA loan, you can actually, don't actually have to put those into your debt to income ratio. And again, your debt to income ratio is the ratio that the lenders qualify you to see if you can, you know, afford a certain house. Um, the VA, VA loan will let you defer it up to 12 months. Um, if so, let's say you you have student loan payments deferred for 13 months or 12 months or more, then you can put a big fat zero, which is kind of nice. Mm-hmm. Um, FHA used to do that, but they don't do that. So now FHA and USDA, they'll take either 1% of your outstanding loan balance, uh, student loan balance, or they'll use what's reporting on your credit report if, you know, it, if it pays it off in 30 years. So it's a little tricky, but generally, you know, I, I generally just do the 1% calculation. So, mm-hmm. you know, you owe 20 grand, it's, you know, 200 bucks. Um, 
Fannie Mae, which is a conventional lender, that's the same. It's it's the 1% calculation. And as I mentioned before, Freddie Mac just came out with something new where they're going back to 0.5%. And that is can be huge for definitely for people that have, you know, you know, fifty, sixty, hundred thousand dollars of student Which loans. It's not I mean, difficult these days. Yeah, it's it's not difficult at all, and um, you know that's it's it's a great it, it's going to open up a lot more opportunities because as we discussed earlier, you know sometimes you know student loans you can amortize them over you know a mm. long long term, and I also know a lot of people that work in you know healthcare and education and stuff. They'll they'll get them completely wiped out in ten years. Yep. So they they pretty much just pay interest on those anyways. Um, and then there's some exceptions for uh, a student loan stuff. Um, the number one thing that comes to my mind is doctor loans. Um, there is we have a few lenders that will pretty much not look at student loans for people that just graduated, um, you know, med school that are MDS and are looking to buy a house, which is you know can come in pretty handy. And obviously, you know, there, there's a reason for that because their salaries you know, increase tenfold. Yep. And the residency salary isn't very large, but there's expectation that it's going to increase in the near future. Yep. And so that's just, you know, that's very, very quick rundown. Um, and just scratch it on the surface. So easiest way to know more is to apply and come talk to somebody at Satori. That's definitely the plan. All right. Our next question here, uh, from Ashley in Minneapolis, why do I have to put more down for a duplex and the rate is higher? All right, Ashley. So Ashley was looking at buying a, a duplex. I, I recommend duplexes a lot to first-time buyers that that can get away with it. Um, you know, the the rate is sometimes a little bit higher for conventional. Um, you do have to put down, you know, five percent instead of three percent. Um, but Freddie Mac allows you now with the home possible as long as you're in the income limits to do the ninety-seven percent loan. So she was able. She was pretty ecstatic because she. She found a three percent option, mm-hmm. um, and you can also do you know FHA is a good one for duplexes. Any you know they'll lend up to four, four units, and that's that's three and a half standard, and their rate's pretty low. You know the, there's pluses and minuses of everything, but you know generally you know they do ask for a little bit more down on a duplex, and your rate is a little bit higher. Is that risk involved with that type of property versus a single family? You know, Jake, I have no idea. Just that's what the that's lenders just, chose. Yeah. <laughs> Their rules. Some, some things you're just dealt and you got to deal with it, right? Yeah. When you hold the money, you get to make the rules. Yes. Yeah. So <laughs> I really have no idea. <laughs> All right. What's our next one? Uh, what is Home One? And this is from Anthony at Remax. All right. So Home One is coming out. It's a new program uh, by Freddie Mac. And, you know, Freddie Mac has something called the Home Possible, which we discussed before, which is a good program. It's, it's geared at first time home buyers. The difference is that Home One has no income restrictions, so they're going to allow somebody a Home Possible is catered to people that make you know under a certain amount of money in the area. Mm-hmm. It's called area med income, median income, something like that. And Home One it allows you to do a three percent loan, first time home buyer, and you can make as much money as you want. Yep, and it is pretty restricting in certain counties and stuff like that too it's yeah like, home possible is. Yep. yep absolutely especially counties where you know i in florida you know parts of florida you know the overall median income isn't that much but if you're a doctor or a nurse or something like that and you know 
it, you don't make that much money, but you still can't qualify for something like a home possible or, yeah. or home ready. Family of four type thing. It's yeah. just like you don't need to be millionaires to no. be outside of the income caps. Yeah, it's, it's not really high at all. It's actually mm-hmm. less than six figures. So, mm-hmm. you know, home one's good where, you know, that it's presenting another option for first-time buyers. And again, it's for first-time buyers, um, and there's, there's no income restrictions on it whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Our next question here is from Steph at Exit Realty. What is condo review? So condo review is, I get this a lot from agents, um, condo review is basically if you're doing a conventional loan, um, and I believe FHA as well, they they send a, it's called a condo questionnaire. And in that questionnaire, well, I guess condos have to be FHA approved, so take that back. Uh, so it's Fannie and Freddie, and it's a questionnaire that's filled out um, by whoever manages the association, generally, you know. The, the manager and it basically asks a series of questions that allows it to fall into Fannie or Freddie um, regulations. Mm-hmm. Um, some of the big no-nos on that one are if somebody owns all the units and rents them out. Um, like say somebody owns 80% of the building and rents them out. Um, Fannie and Freddie does not like that. Um, the one I see quite a bit that, that really gets a lot of people deducted is uh, litigation, any mm-hmm. type of litigation, they'll kick it out. Um, and then we see in Florida a lot with the condo tells. You know, if it's a condo tell, generally Fannie and Freddie won't lend on them, and mm-hmm. you have to go to a portfolio product. All right. Our next question here is how long after my bankruptcy can I buy a home? That's from Fidella. All right. So she, she came in this week and she was inquiring with Anthony about, you know, trying to purchase a home and she had a bankruptcy. Um, and I thought this is, you know, we get this quite a bit, um, you know, and again, everything's different per, per loan, you know, per, per program, um, real quick, it's two years for FHA and VA, VA on a chapter 13 will actually let you do it in one year if you pay it off and you don't miss any payments. Um, it's three years for USDA it's four years for Fannie and Freddie and then generally it's seven years for Jumbo, but Jumbo's guidelines are, you know, can be made up by the lender. So that, that's not always true. Um, you know, the thing that's coming back, the one, one thing that you need after a bankruptcy, I tell people all the time, establish credit mm-hmm. and don't make, a, don't make a late payment. So if you go and you, you do bankruptcy, go get a credit card right after, you know, put, put a little balance on that and pay that off and, and your credit score will go up quite a bit. There's also a lot of cool products out there that non-QM movement. Yeah, mm-hmm. that will allow you to do you know one one month out of bankruptcy, one day out of bankruptcy if you have the cash and you know you have the means to do it because you know bankruptcies are you know it's never good but everybody has their own situation you know medicals um you know business losses all that stuff so there's there's tons of options and like we always say talk to somebody at Satori Mortgage and we'll figure out a plan. Make a plan. Yep. Yep. Our next question here is from Paul in Tampa Bay. Can I have my sister co-sign for me? Hey, Paul. Uh, yes, a family member can co-sign an FHA. Um, they can also co-sign um, unconventional. Um, generally, depending on what type of program you're going to do, you might have to put a little bit more down if you're going to have a non-occupant co-borrower. Um, but FHA, they will allow a family member to do that for you. And it's, it's, it's a very... It's very common. Mm-hmm. Um, I see it quite a bit where people help somebody out, out for a loan. So as long as it's family, can't have uh, Ronnie, Ronnie down the street. <laughs> <laughs> 
That, that would open a whole, whole big box of problems there. All right. <laughs> Ronnie. All right. Um, our next question here is from Ryan at Remax. What is the typical closing time? All right. So this is a very, very loaded question. Um, typical closing time right now, I'd say on conventional loans, you're looking at, you know, tw- 20 days. Um, FHA, you're probably looking at FHA, VA, you're probably looking at 30 um, USDA, maybe about 45. And again, it's, you know, I get this asked a lot by agents and it really, it, it's all about the transaction. Mm-hmm. Somebody, you know, there's certain mortgages that literally take now, you know, 10, 10 minutes to underwrite outside of an appraisal. Complexity and technology yeah. play the big parts um, in that. And there's other, other, you know, other mortgages where you need 800 pages of documentation and, you know, it's it's kind of a nightmare. So every it's a snowflake. Yep. Everyone's different. Everyone's different. Well, I hear the music. Have a good day. Uh, right. Again, we're Stephen Jake from Satori Mortgage. All views expressed on this program are opinion. They do not represent Satori Mortgage, NMLS, 4190, or any affiliate. Please consult with a licensed loan officer before making any home financial decisions.